This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Joe Ostrowski here with you. Let's start the games on Sunday and we begin with the earliest one, the Falcons at the Jaguars. Kickoff time is 6.30 for your boy here out on the West Coast. Uh, still early for everywhere else. Uh, wow. Though I wake up even earlier to do this show every day. Still, though, the idea of waking up for a 6.30 a.m. kickoff uh, still seems odd to me, even though I work on a morning show. But, hey, what, what do you know? Uh, Jaguars are minus three in this contest. And, Joe, got kind of a weird question for you to, to get things started because maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I think when it comes to uh, how to bet on these things, sometimes you do have to think outside the box and not, and not just look at pure offensive, defensive data. So my question is this. This game's being played in London. Jaguars are used to that. Falcons are not as used to playing across the pond. The Jaguars yeah. left uh, – pretty much after their last game, uh, the one that they lost to against Houston. But for the Falcons, they left yesterday to go to London. And I'm curious, because the Jaguars are so used to the schedule that they know how to maximize their play out in London, the Falcons may not be. Is it a mistake flying later in the week, or is it better to do it earlier in the week so that your sort of rhythm, your biological rhythm, can get used to the, say, potential jet lag. I would just copy whatever Jacksonville's doing. Okay, whatever you're doing, it, it seemed to work out well for them. They've done this so many times. I'm sure they've gone over it with all sorts of training staff and the players and what works best. And the history with this, I, kn- I know a lot of people have studied this, is going over earlier makes more sense. And then the late trip doesn't make as much sense or it helps out. And then depends what stadium you're at. Some lean overs, some lean under, but I, I I would prefer to go earlier in the week. Now there are some coachy coaches out there that think, Oh, if you're there earlier in the week, you get all the distractions and it's not as Mm -hmm. much of a business trip that you get caught up in the sightseeing and all that stuff. I wouldn't worry about it. It's, it's still a great opportunity. Um, I, I would I would leave earlier. Do you have a strong opinion on what you would do? I would leave earlier as well. Yeah. Just because, and, and this is just more from my experience, whenever I've traveled across the Atlantic, that sometimes it takes a little bit of time for me to get used to the new schedule, especially yeah. because this game is kicking off early in America. So you, you do have to kind of get set for that kind of routine. And if you're not going to do it that way, then it might be something where you are fully aware of what a game day is going to look like on Sunday, and then you have to adjust to those things stateside. I don't know if the Falcons have done that. I know there are certain you know, things that you can and can't do as far as schedules are concerned, but I also am fairly confident that the more time you give yourself to adjust to the new schedule, the better off you're going to be. And Mm -hmm. the Falcons aren't the only team to do this. There are other teams who do like to wait until later in the week. But this idea of quote-unquote distractions, I I don't largely buy into those. I think if you get distracted that easily by a new place, then maybe something's wrong with your football team uh, more so than just – you know, deciding when you can travel to, to such places. So in that regard, I think the Falcons probably made a bit of a snafu here. The Jaguars are minus three in this game, uh, despite the, the blowout loss that they had. Third most bet on team at BetMGM. 
And to me, I don't know if I necessarily have a strong conviction to back the Jaguars here, but I think it's these little things that I point to that say Jacksonville should be all right in this matchup. Yeah, I know. It took me nearly the entire week to get there. And I think you're right. Uh, favorites have done very well in these international games, if that means anything to you. 29-9 and one straight up, 25-14 and 14 against the spread. They could not have possibly played any worse than what they did against the Texans, right? And they know this trip. Maybe there's some comfort uh, with it. I'm not sure. But one thing that I that you do have to take a look at as what, what is the strength of the Falcons? Well, we know the weakness. The big weakness is Ritter. Oh, and, oh God, <laughs> is, was he awful last week? And he's been terrible um, in, in a number of games. We've been talking about it every single – we have yet to be impressed by Ritter, okay? Right. And all they can do is run the ball. They did not run the ball well last week. It was 2.2 yards per carry. And Jacksonville's actually been pretty good against the run early on this season. Now, hey, has the competition been there? Sample size is always a thing this early in the year. But Ritter held on to the football last week. He took seven sacks against Detroit. Um, the, the ADOT, very small. Like Again, how is Atlanta going to be able to play from behind? That's always been a question uh, with us when it comes to them, just because of the style of their offense. And three it's been sitting there all week i do prefer that like it, it took me all week mm -hmm. to get over the jaguars thing but i think i'm there that it jaguars minus three is the only play to me yeah i i think so and a lot of folks are betting on the under 43 and a half in this contest as well that also makes a good bit of sense especially if yeah. you think the jet lag for the falcons will affect them to the point where they will have a slow start but I also think if they're going to have a slow start because of jet lag, then that's going to persist throughout the football game. I don't know how suddenly at halftime you sit down and go, oh, now I feel better. No, it's, it's not really how that works. So in that respect, the under also makes a good bit of sense. One prop for you uh, concerning Desmond Ritter, I get that it's kind of chalky and, you know, sort of sports talky to say the under 189 pass, 189 and a half passing yards at minus 115 is, is a great play here. But mm -hmm. one of the reasons why we have not been impressed with Desmond Ritter is because the Kyle Pitts experiment has been a failure, Joe. It's been a disaster. And I don't know yeah. how much longer they can invest in this thing. Last week, nine targets, but just five catches for 41 yards. We go to the next-gen stats numbers. Pitts, minus 2.1 receptions over expected. Last year, minus eight and a half receptions over expected. It was positive his rookie year, but no matter the quarterback, it has not worked under Arthur Smith. And this seems nope. like a waste of energy to try and keep making this experiment work out. And the problem is, I think they're still trying. And that's why I like the under for Ritter here, because if he's going to keep trying to force it to Kyle Pitts and it's still not working out, you have other targets who are just fine. But we're never going to know that because you invested so much draft capital in pits. You want this to work out. And I don't think it's going to anymore, Joe. And we do put it all on, on Ritter. And uh, we should, right? But which yes. 
targets can he depend on? Which guys? Where can he go? And, and I'm not absolving Pitts at all. That has been a disaster. For where he was selected in the draft, like ridiculous. Right. We thought, okay, pairing him with Arthur Smith, this is going to be wonderful. Just wait for him to explode, and we're waiting and waiting and waiting years later. But where can he go? Last week, who got the most targets? It was Pitts. And then it was Janu Smith. Like, what are we doing here? What are we mm-hmm. doing? Uh, where, where are the, We're going to be waiting on Drake London. I know Bijan is involved in, in the passing game. Some as well, but you look at some of the other receivers they have, he doesn't really have anyone that he can trust right now. No, he can't. But again, you also invested a lot of draft capital in Drake London as well. And he's more of a prototypical kind of a guy you can use to keep defenses honest. And that hasn't worked out too well. I mean, when we talk about rookie receivers from a year ago, Drake London really wasn't part of that conversation for the most part. It was, you know, Chris Mm-mm. Lave and other guys. And this year, we're also not talking about him. Instead, you know, Pitts, I think, is getting our attention as far as just failure. But it, it has to be better than this. At some point, losing out on all of this draft capital adds up to where second-tier, third-tier guys – they're not up to snuff because they're not of the quality that you could get because you draft, you put in your draft capital with other skill position players where it's not working out. So ultimately, Joe, I think because they're still forcing these issues, the under Ritter play makes sense, even despite whatever you think of him as a quarterback. One more thing on this game. This might be the last time we bring it up on the show. Calvin Ridley against his former team. (laughs) Do do we go back to that well one more time? The drops are infuriating right now. Uh, Yeah, yeah. The misfires in the end zone with Ridley. Only three grabs last week when you're chasing the entire game. Three for 40. That Kansas City game, two for 32 on eight targets. It's been bad since the opener. He was so good in the opener. And then ever since, it's been a whole lot of nothing. The prop is sitting at 63 and a half. Touchdown, it's not a ton of ads, plus 145. Everybody's going to bet him, bet on him to score a touchdown against this former team. But do we do anything with the yardage? I can't. Not anymore. I mean, I, right. Yeah, I'm not there. I know. I, I can't do it. Yeah, I mean, Let I don't, me see I don't it have first. much more to say. Except, Until yeah. I see it, right? Is that where we're at? Until right. I see it? Exactly. Yeah, something is going wrong. You know, the offensive line and, and the pocket manipulation of Trevor Lawrence just didn't there. And so, you know, getting the ball to him ha- has been a bit of an issue. And I don't know, like, because you're, you're changing your schedule so much for a game like this, if suddenly that the continuity can show up. I, I just don't believe it at this point. So until I get some semblance of hope, <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Uh, I will move on from so and that's fair and, and now we shall move on to other games uh let's move on now to the Bengals and the titans cincinnati on the road but they are two and a half point favorites the total is 40 and a half and joe when i was analyzing what this titans defense could do against joe burrow who is still recovering from his calf injury it's obvious that joe burrow wants to have quick throws right don't get hurt any more than you already have been otherwise then that will lead to absolute disaster for the Bengals season So quick throws, less than two and a half seconds. Joe Burrow will continue to try and do that. But guess what? The Titans are dead last in defensive success rate against quick passes. I have the Bengals covering in this game. Ooh, okay. Okay, very good. I like it. I think this is the game he gets right. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, 
Mm-hmm. He, he was dr- 51 dropbacks on Monday night. He's played a few games uh, with this injury. So they're not concerned about it at all with how much they had him passing the other evening. It's been a lot. You know, it isn't only Joe Burrow, too. It's like some of the, the guys that he's been leaning on for a couple of years, like T. Higgins just yes. drops and like, what is going on, dude? And Burrow just gets, gets all the heat and they're dead last in yards per pass, yards per play, success rate, CPOE for quarterbacks. He's dead last. This matchup, we know what it is. You can't run on the Titans, but you can pass all day on the Titans. What did Deshaun Watson do? He had his best game in a Browns uniform against this Titans secondary last week. So, I mean, that's, that's where I'm at. I think this is a, a Burrow game, and he bounces back. If, if you're fantasy and you're like, should I bench him? Should I really bench Joe Burrow? I think you might regret it if you do it this time around in this specific matchup. The prop for him is 256.5. And, a half. and the, the one that stood out to me, Ed, was the passing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even money, one and a half now? That's how they're going to score is through the air. Yeah. Like, they're not going to do it on the ground, not against this Titans unit. When they can stack the box, they're really, really tough. And you don't trust Mixon at this point. So how are they going to score? Which we believe they will. It'll be through the air. So, yeah, I I think that's a great play. It's funny, too, when you look at most bet player props on BetMGM, fourth highest is Jamar Chase over six and a half receptions at minus 120. I am with you that this could be a get-right game, but even if it's not, it's still something where the Bengals can cover. Maybe it's chalky, but even Jamar Chase over 81.5 receiving yards at minus 120, I think is perfectly fine here. Man, what did he get, 15 targets last week, Monday? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I, I would think he's going to continue to lean into that a little bit, and you know Higgins and not doing much there. What about the Titans side? Anything? Anything I there? Yeah. I got nothing. I, got, I don't trust that offense. And yeah. Terrible O line. Yeah. Tannehill's has not been great. The Bengals aren't the best at stopping the run. Now, typically, I would look at it and say, okay, you got Derrick Henry. You're, you're facing a team that can't mm-hmm. stop the run. Uh, they're 28th yards per carry, 5.1 yards per carry on the ground. But Henry's been awful. And I don't want to take yeah. too much facing the best defense in the Browns last week, but I don't feel like we can depend on Henry. It, it may be closer to the end uh, that some of us want it, want us to believe. It's also something, though, where he has gotten off to slow starts in years past. So yes. it may be something where you need some more time to watch him go. But that's not going to happen on Sunday. Usually those upticks that he has throughout the course of a season, they're more like late October, November, and certainly in December. That's when we really see the Derrick Henry of old, the, the classic Derrick Henry. But it doesn't happen earlier in the year. And look, it's only week four. So that is going to need some, t- some time to develop. And... I don't, it really doesn't matter necessarily like, you know, the passing attack just to open things up for Henry. I don't, I don't think that matters a great deal here, but in terms of overall rushing development, this isn't just a Derrick Henry thing, but running games tend to need some time to develop and they just haven't had it yet. Yep. Yeah. And and game script wise, it's going to be tough for him this year it's a good point we've seen it a lot where he really struggles out of the gates and then he gets things going is he going to do that again i I, i'm starting to wonder now with, with no threat of a passing game 
sure. No, and that that's a fair point. You know, hard to say it uh, here. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, easily the game of the week. Dolphins at Bills. <laughs> How close can Miami get to 70 again? That's right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.